You're listening to The Photography Show. This is episode number seven for September 12th, 2010, Personal Projects. Let's act like we never did that. It never happened. (laughs) Wade, you're famous in the UK. Did you know that? No. Why is that? You are. (laughs) I just got back from London, and we had the, uh, the first ever international actually it was it would have been the first national had it been here but uh first ever art of photography meetup from the other podcasts so that's cool yeah and it's like you know you come around the corner and uh here's 20 people that that know you and you don't know them and it was it was quite awesome i must say um everybody was really nice and you know a lot of people first thing out of their mouths oh we love the new podcast and 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 then wade gets mentioned and i'm thinking with a british accent it was cool what <laughs> You're famous. Yeah, me and a British accent, we go together. <laughs> well, you know, I, I wanted I wanted to like, say you were big in Japan, but I didn't go to Japan. You know. Well, we we can arrange that soon. One day, you know. So uh, it was interesting, though. I, w- I want to say though that you know, last week we were talking about uh, community projects, uh-huh. and I, I think that's kind of a cool example of how that worked because you know it was kind of a spontaneous. I was going to be in England to decide to do this thing, and you know, here we had this kind of community atmosphere. It was really cool because when we were leaving. Um, um, a couple of people were saying, you know, hey, we should we should continue to meet up. And I'm like, yes, you should. And I will travel the world to make sure this happens. You know, and I think it's awesome. And, and yeah, next uh, time you, know. you guys all come to Dallas. <laughs> well, it was also kind of cool because, you know, a lot of those people are on Flickr, but there are a few that aren't that just follow the podcast. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, of course, I gave my big Flickr spiel again. And, you know, right. they need to pay us money. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We need some Flickr clothing, uh, cards, and we will travel and hand them out and talk. We're doing that anyway. So need we a just Flickr need the, hat. We just need the apparel. That's right. That's right. So we're making a plea. If anybody from Flickr is listening, please. Please. We promote you every week. Well, what we're going to do on the other podcast is I'll do an episode. It was cool because I had my video camera with me. And so we recorded everybody who showed up doing a stinger saying, hey, you know, my name is, you know, whatever. And I oh, nice. and you're, you're watching the art of photography. So it was cool. We'll, uh, oh, wow. I'll yeah, post this those later. Getting, this is we're going above and beyond now. I know man it, it was it really was a lot of fun and it's kind of cool because like you know we do these every week and you know post them to the web and and you know see the numbers but the numbers actually yeah. become people when you get a chance to meet them and it, it, it takes it to a different level for me anyway yeah, and that was, was cool really you cool. were telling me this morning that the numbers doubled yeah. um, of listeners that we had we've only done six shows so on that's this pretty show cool. yeah yeah and, and no and, it's it's pretty cool now we got a negative comment on iTunes did you see that when, are, is there going to be a seventh show that one <laughs> <laughs> well, it really well, wasn't negative. You've been out of town. I have been out of town. God forbid we miss over a week. a week. We were going to try and do it live from the UK. It just didn't happen. No, yeah, I knew that probably wasn't going to happen with the uh, your <laughs> I was, I was tired. <laughs> and then I was like, "How is he going to have recording equipment?" Uh, well, but, I, I would have actually. I could have done. It. I just needed to take a mic. I could have done it direct into the laptop, but that kind of would have been brutal on the ears. Plus, the uh, Wi-Fi was kind of crappy at the hotel. Isn't it funny so how that t- always works? I know, definitely. Tell people why you were why you were there. Well, I was there specifically. Um, I work in an art museum for my day gig, and uh, I was invited to come speak at the Tate Modern on a conference on handheld um, devices for museums. And, you know, the traditional wand with the audio tour is kind of going away, and, and right. the, the subject was actually, you know, using iPhone 
iPods or iPod Touch or stuff like that in galleries and other solutions too. But yeah, it was very cool. It was it was an interesting discussion and it was so two how days. Did it go? Of, how did the speech go and everything? I was really nervous, but I uh, yeah, it went well. It was yeah. it was cool. It's like um, it's like you're about to pass out right before you start speaking. Pretty much, and then once you start speaking, you just it just starts going. Yeah, no, it was fine. It was it was yeah. very cool. So it was really weird because like the first day, it was two days, and the first day is kind of like a, we're way off subject, but it was like a think tank, and so it was just kind of a select group of people and we were going to kind of do an abbreviated version of our talk and you know i had my talk all planned out on the plane and everything and then when i got up there you know when you get there and you hear what other people are actually saying and you realize that none of the stuff i came up with really you know was relevant in my mind and so i (laughs) at the last minute completely ditched my slides and just went for it and said look everybody wants lunch (laughs) you don't want to look at powerpoint and you know i mean at what point in our lives did did doing a public speech involve this mandatory requirement of, of having stupid images and bullet points behind you you know I guess, yeah you just want to keep people entertained I guess and visually is one way but yeah um, if you can do it some other way that's great if you're prepared that you- yeah because those can be really boring sometimes <laughs> oh, those my. PowerPoint presentations but sometimes with photography stuff and everything uh, those if they're showing like uh, like when you go go to these uh, DSVC or photography meetings and they show like sure. you know, really cool photos one after another that sometimes can be really cool yeah, if you're but, showing yeah, your like work and it's like just words flipping up, bullet points flipping up onto the screen and stuff. You're like, <gasps> yeah. And why must yeah. they read every slide aloud? <laughs> you know, I well, don't even need to be standing here reading this because you can just look at the bullet points. Well, it's it's totally different too. If you're showing work that you've done, then that's different. You know, you can talk about it, and you're not dealing with text and bullet points and font issues, and you know, right? You're showing work, which actually kind of leads us into today's topic. Yes. Personal projects. Because we kind of hit on this a little bit last week, and we were right. you know, uh, talking about the community thing. And honestly, I can't remember at all how it came up, but it did. And It came uh, up at the very end. We started somehow it led into uh, talking about photo projects and personal projects and stuff. And we said, let's do that next week. And we are people of our word. We are. We're back. That's what we were originally going to call the program, Men of Our Word. <laughs> But then we changed it to. <laughs> but we lied. The photography show <laughs> to not be so generic. Well, and I skipped a week, which is only worthy of three stars maximum on iTunes. You know, not that I'm bitter. No. So we're gonna give this guy what he wants. His seventh show. It is. And then he better say something. He better say something nice on there. We are delivering today. Show number well, seven. He's obviously a fan. He's watched all six shows, and he's jonesing for a seventh so well, let's give it yeah, to that's him it's true all right well well hopefully we will deliver today well you know i i made some notes earlier about this and and you know it's interesting i think personal projects they're probably one of the, well i would i'm going to go ahead and argue and say they are they are the most important thing uh you can be doing with your work if you're doing this for a living you know you you get into client projects and I guess there's this, you know, this this dream or this mystique that professional photographers they wake up and they have this awesome day every day and they just go shoot all these wonderful photos and, you know, right. while that mystique might be true on rare occasion, I mean the the truth of the matter is you're trying to get something done for a client and they can be stressful sure. sometimes and all that and so that's why personal projects I believe are really important um, and I think there are really three reasons why you would want to make sure they're part of your your groove all the time. I mean you don't get paid for them but you know the first would be you know you want to learn how to do something new that you haven't done before. Or mm-hmm. two, to get better with something that you've done a little and you want to improve on. Or three, to build portfolio into um, you know things you want to do. And that's a little bit more of an, uh, a separate category because I think what we're talking about is the personal satisfaction or getting better or you know that kind of thing today. 
Right, yeah, and, and once again, we always talk about professional and non-professional, and both ways, uh, photo projects can be great for you, um, even if you're just doing this uh, photography just as an artistic means, uh, photo projects are, can be where, where, what makes you, or, you know, right. whatever, so if you just keep on coming up with one after another, um, that can be a great thing for your career, and then as a professional, yeah, you're shooting for someone else all the time, so they're always telling you, Wade, or whoever, come here, do this, like this give me the pictures blah 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 so it's all these regulations but with a photo project it's totally free um you're you're allowed to be creative it's totally up to you and um and you can create a part of your portfolio in your book that's this just you know all you absolutely and, which can be very cool and it keeps you fresh and excited about photography so sometimes when you get down in these slumps um coming up with a cool photo project and then having that to look forward to all the time can be really cool. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. I think it, 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 because we're not taking photos directly for it, but like even this podcast is a little bit of a project in that sense. Yeah. And you know, I I started the other podcast a while back because I do a lot of video in my day-to-day with with um with the real job. And you know, one of the one of the things I love about and I think it's the same with photo projects, but you can make all your mistakes on those because it's per- personal time, you know. And that mm-hmm. way when you're actually paid to do it you're ready to roll and you can do it in your sleep and i think that's another reason that uh, oh, right. it can be cool too and you get a lot back from even though if it's not financial i mean even doing that meetup this weekend was uh you know that was something really special that i got out of it that uh didn't have anything to do with 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 finances but yeah uh, you're right this is totally a personal project it's not exactly photography but i mean it's photography related obviously but sure um, this is something we both like to do neither one of us are profiting from this in either way except that we're making new friends and connections and things like that and when you go to England, you have, uh, or where were you? Yeah, London. Yeah, London. You, uh, you have you know, 20 friends there uh, yeah. waiting to greet you. That's pretty cool. And, Plus, and, and we love to talk. And we love to talk, so <laughs> this is a good way to vent on... You know, we didn't mention it a minute ago, but, but you you had a... It, I don't know if it was a personal project, but your, uh, you, the project you mentioned to me earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, this last week, while you, while you were overseas, I was in Denton, Texas, which is only... Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I lived there for seven years. Forty miles from here. But I've been uh, trying for a while to get in with uh, Texas Highways Magazine here in Texas. And it's a travel magazine that's national. And so uh, they gave me a little test run not too long ago to see if my chops were good enough. And I passed that test. um, But they wanted me to go back out to Denton and reshoot everything this time with, you know, everything being coordinated uh, where I was going to shoot. And uh, anyway, it was a three-day shoot at, at different locations, and it's going to be an article that comes out in um, in January in the, in the magazine called Denton After Dark. Denton's a very cool town. It's uh, it's a, it's kind of a, like a little Austin. It's very hippie and and uh, and it, very music oriented. And there's lots of cool places to go see music and eat and go drink and lots of cool coffee shops. So it's, it's, a, college it's a college town. town. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a cool place. So I think it's going to be a neat article. And That's it's cool, to man. Congratulations. And a great experience for me because um, I came back. You know, I I went to this uh, photo editor and and showed him everything that I shot the first time, kind of on my own. He said, "Wade, that's all great, but I don't think we could use any of that in the magazine. Let me give you a <laughs> let me give you a list of about twenty pointers on how to shoot for a magazine a little bit better." And 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 you know, at first I was kind of like a little offended, like you would be. Sure. But then I was like, hey, this guy's been doing it 30 years, and I've been doing it one day. So 
Let's hear him out. That's a good and, attitude. Uh, yeah, and um, and and they, the pictures I think did come out a lot better this time. So, well, you know, actually, that that plays into exactly what we're talking about because had you not done around, I mean, it's all a means to an end of getting better. You know, that's right. And uh, that's a great example of where a personal application can turn into a real gig. Which is well, exactly, and, and it actually did come from a personal project. A friend and I went to uh, the Panhandle, and we can talk about this road trips in general, no matter where you live. Oh, no, road we trips are great. Yeah, yeah we went, it, that's just always great. Hit the road and go somewhere, you know, that's within driving distance of that weekend, and that's what we did. We went to the Panhandle of Texas, which is kind of like. Um, a open desert and then every once in a while you get some some mountains and uh, there's like a little grand canyon there kind of thing and um it, we got some great pictures and when i came back from that i put a little book together and uh, this book was something that i took in with me when i went into texas highways to talk to the photo editor and he really he loved it because he'd been to a lot of those same places and it was made up of landscapes but also like you know retro diners and, and things like this or whatever so um that's very so cool, and that was yeah. So that personal project helped me get a foot in the door. You know, the book thing is is a great idea. Um, yeah, you know, it can give yourself something to shoot for. Say, did you do it on Blurb or Apple or something? Uh, yeah, like that? I did it on Blurb. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with, we've mentioned on the podcast before, but Blurb.com. But basically, you know, go in there and download some templates or their little application. You can kind of see. But you know, let's say you want to buy a hardback that's forty pages or whatever, then you've got forty pages to fill. Pick a subject right. and go for it. You know. And there's several services out there like Blurb. Oh, yeah. um, Blurb is really nice. I've Blurb's used them one before. of the, the, the better ones, but I know Apple has their own, and then there's a Shutterfly and some other things that you can make books through. They're all pretty good quality, but yeah, Blurb is one of the uh, higher quality ones out there. Yeah, a quick side note. If you're going to do that, always select the high-quality paper option. Right. Uh, it's only a couple dollars more, and it makes a huge difference with photography. Yeah, and, and you, can, you can do you know hard cover, and that's really nice as well. Sure. they got some really soft. neat cover options. Yeah, definitely. You can do a dust jacket if you want, or you can do a wraparound. Or, yeah, in fact, I did a, a larger book and a smaller book. I did like a small paperback, and then I did a large hard cover. So I had both. Yeah, it's um, real cool. Some I could just like give out because they were you know inexpensive, and then one I kept for myself from my portfolio. So... Um, yeah, you know, um, the other cool thing about Blurb, too, is if, if you end up really liking your project and you want to print more of them, it, you, it keeps all that stuff on file with Blurb. So you can just say, hey, I need four copies. You don't have to upload everything again. It's very cool. Right, and you can sell them. Yep. I mean, you can actually promote the link after you create the book, and people, and you can put a price on it, and, and people can order it if they want to. Yeah, I think that's very cool. Right. If they end up getting kind of expensive, but... Um, yeah. But you know, I think that's why you would want to keep it brief. You know, I wouldn't do right. a two hundred page book because it's just going to be over a hundred dollars to order. But uh, if you keep, yeah. it, keep it on the smaller sizes, I think you know. But yeah, yeah. If you, if you offer like the smaller paperback versions and stuff, you can they can get them for twenty or thirty dollars. Oh, and yeah. you know that that'd be the price that you'd pay for a book at, at the bookstore. So sure. Yeah. yeah, and actually, it's also cool, too, because you can pay a little extra money to, I can't remember what they call it, but basically brand lifting. If you pay a little extra, they will take the Blurb logo off of it. So if you needed to use them for a client or something, then they would look like you could put your own publisher logo on there if you wanted to do something like that. makes it look a little more professional, which is Yeah, that's right. It just costs a cool. little extra money. A little extra dough. <laughs> just for, for a little $2 more, we can take that off. That's right. And for another dollar, <laughs> we'll put your name on it. Anyway, um, going back to the photo projects, we were sure. going to talk real quick about kind of how you get into it. Yeah. And I had some, some bullet points here that I'll put up on the PowerPoint presentation. Uh, yes, excellent. Let me get my clicker out. <laughs> Can I get uh, your slide share link? 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah. Uh, uh, and then the first one is that it, you just kind of want to cu- uh, select a subject that interests you. Am yes. I right, Ted? You were right, Wade. I you would don't want say to you would want a, a subject, subject that interests you. does not interest you because you will be into that project for exactly one second. <laughs> Maybe maybe one and a half if you really got some patience, you know. Yeah, so come up with a list of, of different things that you think might be cool to shoot. Yeah. Whether they've been shot before or not, not is probably better. But even if they have, you might put a new spin on it. I would and say even another thing is if you're stuck, yeah. uh, like go to the go to the bookstore and find photography magazines and look at work that you like and try to kind of emulate or do something in that style even or make it your own or right. you know there's a million ways you can you can find inspiration and I think they all come down to looking at pictures you know yeah definitely and, and one of the things that you can definitely do is try to tell a story of some kind and have it kind of be a, a documentary type you know photojournalistic type deal where you're telling the story of something that's going on where you live or in your city or in your state uh, that, that's close to you whether it's uh, uh, political or, or just you know the homeless or, or something that's sure. going on you might want to tell that story or you just might want to pick something that's totally abstract um, like you know, uh, buildings that are decaying or something, you know, rural and urban decay or something like that. I mean, I shoot a lot of that. You shoot a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid of subjects that are too niche either, because um, sometimes those are the easiest ones to be original within. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, uh, there's a photographer. Her name's Jamie Williams. Uh, used to live in Dallas, and she moved. I want to say she's in Arizona now. Anyway, a couple of years ago, she started. She wanted to kind of do something different. She was, you know, commercial photography for annual reports and stuff was kind of tailing off, and so she got real interested in shooting uh, cowgirls uh, specifically, like these old retired women that that uh, back in their day did rodeos oh, yeah. and things like that. And she is so good at it. And she she's it's turned into not only stills, but she's done video documentary work. And this has kind of become her thing, which uh, she's gotten work out of as a result. And but it's a very niche thing that. Something she had access to sure. probably easily. That's another thing that you need to think about is what is around me that maybe isn't around everyone. I mean, we all do different things. You're around uh, the Dallas Museum of Art every day, and not right. everyone is. So you're around a lot of art that people do not see. You're around video and, and video specialists and these sort of – so these are things that you can start thinking, well, I'm around this kind of stuff every day. Uh, this is something that I have insight to that – that not everyone does and everyone has something like that in their life yeah like cowgirls i wouldn't know where to go get one well it's <laughs> <laughs> do you go door to door you go pick one up at the bar i think <laughs> you know I, I think that's also like you put a really good positive spin on that which is really important there was um i'll mention this now but there was a uh, thread somebody started in the Flickr group for the other podcast for the art of photography and they were talking about you know when you're burnt out and and, and i've felt this way before too you feel mm-hmm. like well why am I continuing? There's a million pictures out of there. You feel like it's kind of cheap and the fact of, of the value of a photo and and what do I do to stand out? Be original. And sometimes it's like you know you're bored with what's around you because you've shot it a lot. But sometimes you can turn that into a positive spin of okay, well, how can I do this differently than I've done it up to now? You know? Right. And maybe yeah, try that's to get I, creative with it. Yeah, you do black and white, or you maybe I can shoot infrared, or I could uh, you know just start shooting closer up or whiter, or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, right. You might shoot a certain style a lot if you just maybe switch it up and, yeah. and shoot the opposite of whatever that is if that's color shoot black and white black and white color if you shoot with a certain kind of camera shoot if you're always shooting with a digital you know slr grab a holga grab a plastic camera or vice versa grab your cell phone um, you know <laughs> seriously it's like just no just serious do oh yeah, I, yeah. A, I mean i got it on a personal project with with the hipstamatic on the iphone that is continually ongoing now i'm in love yeah. with that 
app and um and you know i kind of just do this thing where i shake my phone and it ran makes uh, you know chooses a random lens and, and film and all that kind of stuff whatever in there uh, those settings and uh and then i just kind of sh- you know shoot away and uh wherever i'm at if i see something that's interesting and that's become something that i've actually put in my professional portfolio because i think it's cool yeah so, absolutely um i mean it's it's part of something that's that's only today i mean the iphone hasn't existed for very long and and everything's going to be changing all the time and people are going to look back and the iphone and the hipstamatic and all these things are going to be a certain time period you know oh, yeah, right sure. now so, so well, something it's a different different show for another day probably but yeah. I mean, it's just it really amazes me i mean not that it's the best camera in the world it's good enough but and i've said this on the other podcast before it's just i mean what i just am fascinated with is the fact that you have a mini computer and not only can you um you know do treatment to the photo right there with the apps but you can upload it and get it online instantly that's what's you know? really cool yeah, yeah and it's, it's with you all the connection. time and it fits in your pocket that's yeah. what's great you're not strapped with all this gear and then you know there there are drawbacks that you know you can't zoom in on something really close and get a good shot and the resolution is not really great but but it's with you and um and and it takes cool pictures and so um yeah, that's, yeah one that's thing you benefit. just hit on too that i think is important to say if you're one of the types of photographers who likes to get out and shoot away from the studio for inspiration i think it's very important to mention like putting a limit on what gear you have and i'm terrible at this when i went to london i took way too many cameras you know (laughs) i'm really bad at it but you know it's just funny because i've gotten better at it lately and especially if i go to a conference or something it's like just take the cell phone or one camera you know but you see these dudes walking around like they're freaking yukon cornelius with the explorer volume of of lenses and no, like, you want to you, you want to travel light, definitely. Yeah, and if, if you want to carry a bag. Of course, if you're on a plane or something, you want to carry a bag that's small. And then if you're just roaming around the city or whatever, taking pictures, you want to carry something that's small. You don't want to be lugging around something that's huge all day and heavy. Well, and, and uh, the biggest reason is you don't want to spend all your time fumbling around and trying different gear. What you want to do is concentrate on getting good images, and and limiting yourself can help. You know. Yeah, and way. that's what I think is great about the iPhone. For one, is that it's giving you limited options. It's saying, okay, here's all you have. It's a square form. Format. You sure. have to frame things and shoot it. That can be great if you have your your digital camera on you and you stick a fifty millimeter lens on there and say, "Okay, this is all I'm shooting with all day." You bet. Um, or a thirty five millimeter lens, or a wide angle lens, or a telephoto, whatever. Put that lens on there. Stick with it all day. Kind of think about what you're going to go shoot. If it's architecture, you might want to stick a wide angle lens on there and say, "This is what I'm going with." Uh, if it if it's going to be maybe like street portrait and stuff like that, or what, or portrait in general, or something, uh, stick a fifty on there. And um, and then just you know and don't change it. Yeah. Itself, say I'm going to stick with this lens all day, and uh, and you won't be yeah you won't be wasting time uh, changing your lenses out all day. You'll have that, and you'll know what you're going with. And when you really I learn do. the lens too, which is yeah. the cool oh, exactly. important part, you know. Yeah, especially with focal lengths. Like I think that's something that because of zoom lenses, people don't think about as much because you don't have to. Right. Um, you know, the zoom becomes your feet. You step closer if you need to, or further back. And yeah, but yeah, that's 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 what you want to do. You know, it's interesting too because like. Like if you look at uh, some of these older photographers like Henri Cartier-Bresson or um, you know a lot of those guys, Bresson shot his entire career just about with either a 35 millimeter or a 28 millimeter, and then exactly. later he had used like, to a portrait yeah, lens. He, but, he had yeah. one or two lenses max. Yeah, and that's all and you need. I just saw a thing that was on the internet, and it was like uh, they had asked people to vote on if they could only if they were like on a desert island and only could have one lens the rest of their life, and people voted on the 50, which is not amazing at all because. <laughs> It's such a great lens for so many different things. Sure. <laughs> this is the technical difficulty. I choke and die. <laughs> is he okay? 
You're right a there. Different, uh, a different lens maker just tried to strangle me. <laughs> but I'm sticking with 50. <laughs> That's what the article said. That, that, said that company that only makes you know 200 millimeter and up, they, they were mad at you. But yeah, a group of people that hate the 50 millimeter lens just came in here and tried to kill me. Well, so what's, we, the other thing that's great about a 50 is that's one of the less expensive lenses you can buy. I mean, you can get either a Canon or a Nikon 51.8 for a couple hundred bucks or less. You know. Yeah, so that's what's that's that's very cool. Canon very has that goofy plastic one, which has optics that are fine from just about everything, and I think it's under a hundred dollars for that's the one point eight. But yeah, and, and that's and another thing one, we one thing to clarify movies. too is like you know when you say fifty, if you're on a full frame sensor versus it's two different focal lengths, it's like a telephoto lens on a small sensor. But but yeah. I think the point is is just restricting what you do and learn that focal length, learn what it looks like, you know. Right, and that's the other thing is when you're when you're choosing a personal project, um, consistency is going to be something that you want to be all about. Yep. Uh, you want if if this was in a book or in a gallery or online on a website, uh, and and you're looking for, at one image to the next, you want them to be consistent in some sort of way. So you want them shot. Probably maybe with the same kind of camera or the same kind of lens. Uh, maybe they're all black and white, or maybe they're all color. But, but, they're, but maybe they're all the same style. But I think you know that that award-winning photography, especially in a series, um, is consistent in some yeah. sort of way. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on what you're what you're going for. But yeah, I think the consistency is pretty important. Yeah, and another reason to limit yourself to just kind of one piece of kit, um, if you will, just one camera and one lens is just you know it's a lot of things. It's keeping consistent visually, but also keeping it consistent for yourself, so you're actually not concentrating on things you don't want to concentrate on. You're 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 you know staying true to the cause, if you will, right? And you're really right. learning. That That's why it's out. so great when you do go out with something like an older camera, like a Holga or a Rolleiflex or or any camera that's you know just a simple uh, camera like that is, is it, that's all you're concentrating on yeah. is uh, composition and lighting and and things like this and then taking the picture and you're not messing around with a bunch of different you know uh, things that you don't need to be you're just yeah. focusing on, on on the matter at hand. Well, I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, um, it, I'm trying to remember what year this was, but it was probably about three or four years ago. Um, you know, in the summer in Texas is pretty ugly time of the year light-wise and mm-hmm. at the time I was doing a lot of stuff where I'd like to go out and shoot architecture or shoot people or you know whatever it was we're doing and and you know the light is so bad your sky is kind of smoggy and and it, it's hot and miserable and that that's kind of <laughs> when I when I other than that Texas is awesome it's awesome yeah but uh, there there was a point where it was like I was really getting into specifically there was a photographer uh, his name is Tom Burrell and he does a lot of tabletop kinds of things with flowers and things like that that are just beautiful black and white things. And, you know, I thought, you know, screw it. Let's set up a studio inside. I'll shoot at night and it, when it's cooler, and I won't have to worry about this stuff. And I really didn't have a macro setup at that time. And so I was literally, I was using a Rolleiflex, which is a twin lens, mm-hmm. which doing close-ups, is, it's not built for that. <laughs> so it was a matter of, like, you know, I, I'd, like, shim it with books underneath. And basically, you focus with the top lens. Then you put the, you move your little macro adapter onto the other lens, hang it there, and it up an inch or two and you kind of use the force and it, but anyway the, the the fact is though that i kind of got that down real quick and i did mm-hmm. not let the equipment um hamper the um the act of shooting or what i was going for and i really got to where i felt really comfortable doing still lives even though i didn't have the equipment to do it on at the time uh which also is interesting too you know you get that um 
you know, use a little ingenuity there and uh, and see what happens. And, and don't let things get in your way. If you want to shoot macro, figure a way to do it. Buy a little macro filter and just go for it. Because yeah, the most important thing macro, is the, the pictures. I'm sorry. I just bought a macro lens for $40. And it's not the best macro lens in the world. Who cares? But it's, it's, it, it's an adapter. It goes on the front of your 50 millimeter or 35 millimeter or, you know, uh, the, 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 the 55 millimeter ring or whatever on the front of your camera. Right. And, and it turns those lenses into a macro lens. That's now, cool. macro lens is usually pretty expensive, you know, in the hundreds of dollars or whatever. But I just was going to do this one thing just here at home, and it wasn't even a professional project or anything. And I, I wanted a macro lens for that. So I looked on uh, eBay, and I found this, this adapter, you know, out of Japan or somewhere for $40. And I was like, well, you can't beat that. I at least want to try it. That's kind of cool. Sure. And, and it works. It's awesome. Uh, and it also can make things kind of fisheye, which is cool, uh, macro is cool. and fisheye, which is, you know, pretty unique. So I've been having some fun just kind of tinkering around with that or whatever. But there are some different solutions. I've seen things uh, out there about turning your lens around to become macro. I've done that, or, too. Or just taking uh, cameras are so high resolution nowadays that if you have a really high resolution digital camera, you can take a, a close-up photo of something and then zoom in on it and crop, and it right. looks like it's shot with a macro. Yeah, uh, I did the lens flip that summer that uh, Wade and I took a class together, um, and we ended up doing a bunch of portraits at one point, and I didn't have something that was that would, could get me close enough. I was using that old Russian Kiev lens, so literally, here's the right. trick. is You pull the lens off, flip it around, and literally hold it up against the camera. You're going to get light leaks occasionally, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it works but great. That might you can get it close. Cool too. It could be cool. Since we both like light leaks. But that's the important thing is don't let the equipment get in your way. And what's interesting is like if I held up two photos that were both really well shot, good photos, that really was the photographer's responsibility, not the cameras. But, you know, and I said, okay, one of these is shot on a Leica with a $7,000 lens and the other one is shot on like an antique Canon with a $40 lens. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be able to tell you the difference because I'm not right. looking at the lens quality. Now, you probably could tell the difference if you compared a Leica to a Holga, but the Holga has the purposely lo-fi look to it going right but it doesn't matter you could still probably find a way to shoot macro on a holga there's an assignment for you yeah and i mean it, it, and, and that's gonna you know be something that, that plays into your your personal project is uh do you have a really expensive camera already, and do you want to shoot everything on that? You know, do you have a Hasselblad? Do you ha- do you just want to shoot everything on a Diana or or something like that? Something really inexpensive and plastic, or whatever. Because and then stick with that because you know, right. that's going to make a big impression about how you know all the photos turn out and how they're all all consistent. But I think you definitely need to to set a plan of action uh, on both what what you're going to shoot with and what you're going to shoot and then try to stick with that um for a good amount of time you maybe can can do something you know maybe set a deadline of like a year i'm going to shoot something for a year like you shot those botanical stuff and still continue to do that from time to time but you shot it exclusively there for a while yeah it was like almost a whole year Right, almost a whole year, and you put together a nice collection of black and white uh, botanical stuff that can be seen on your website. Sure. Um, it's also important to remember. That's a good example of a series. Oh, absolutely. And if you're going to do a long one like a year, pro- or even if you're going to do a week-long project, I think the, the important thing is to realize that there, it's a means to an end. It's not the end. So don't get caught up in, oh, this this is still not what I think I'm capable of doing skill-wise. Or, you know, you got to like look at things and say, okay, how is this going to get better? And you realize that a lot of those shots early on you're not going to use but mm-hmm. you have to have those to get to the good shots 
Sure. It, there's just no way around it otherwise. You know, you got to make the mistakes before you can learn from. I think the, the mistake, though, you know, everybody says, what's the definition of insanity? It's when you do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So you need to try to figure out how can I mix my technique up or try different things to try to get that result. You're going to have a lot of bad ideas and a lot of duds, but you're also going to have some really good ones in there. And that's the only way to get to that, you know. Right. That's, that's the only way to do it is to shoot all the time, which we're always talking about yep. just in general. Uh, the, yeah, one out of every 20 photos is going to be you know okay or good sure. maybe and um so you, got, you need to make a lot of mistakes and be willing to do that if not you're not ever going to get any better yeah. and um oh, well the so first it, round of those botanical things they shot in black and white I didn't have any lights or anything and some of them just uh-huh. aren't great you know um but again you quickly learned that you needed some lights yeah but but i didn't i'll tell you what i used too is don't let um you know, I've got to wait till I can afford really badass lights. Don't let yeah. that get in your way. Because what I did is I went to the hardware store. Well, I think the first thing I did is I, yeah, I'll tell you what I did. I went out to the Dallas camera and I rented some really nice lights and shot mm-hmm. for a weekend and got a bunch of bad shots. And so it was like, <laughs> okay, it wasn't the nice lighting. Um, so what I ended up doing, I, knew, I know I needed something to that I could keep here and not have to wait to rent every now and then. So literally what I did is I went to the hardware store and just bought some of those work lamps. Mm-hmm. And some light bulbs. I think I spent maybe twenty dollars for three of them and three light bulbs, and right. uh, and then go out and get yourself a ten dollar diffuser umbrella and rig that up. And then all of a sudden, okay, and then I worked with that, and you learn how to light, and you're getting your shots. And then, there are so many do-it-yourself things out there that teach you how to do exactly what oh, you're doing so on important. a super cheap budget. It's so important because you really learn exactly how the process works. And so then when you do get the expensive stuff, the only reason you have it is because you need the consistency with the you know job to get it quickly done. But you know exactly how it works. And, uh, right. I've even seen uh, Joe McNally take things, who's a professional photographer, and he's always kind of showing you how to do things on the fly and use elements around you or whatever. But uh, he's taken three or four flashes and shot them through a, a bed sheet. And, it worked. Uh, of a group portrait and it made this huge diffuser yeah. and and i was like wow i mean you know you wouldn't usually think of going on a set or doing anything with professionally with a bed sheet but he did and if he did <laughs> he's one of the top paid professional photographers you know in the world then i you know i don't mind bringing a bed sheet on now no. but it's about it's about being creative yeah but if you were going to do the bed sheet with a professional i mean i don't even think i think of anything that's that big well, it's yeah, made by shoot, a big name, like a like a group of people. But yeah. like like with what you're making, it was a five dollars for the light bulb and clamp and and the silver bowl. You could cut a piece of uh, pillowcase or bed sheet and and um, you know strap that to the front of it with a rubber band or something. Sure. And there's your diffuser. So. I mean, anything to diffuse. You can use tracing paper. You can use you know whatever you have around that that's opaque enough to let light through, but break it up. Is what yeah, you're it doesn't, for. doesn't catch fire. Uh, that's kind of important. Because <laughs> sometimes it's, those kind of lamps can, can get hot. That's the Fire only thing. bad. You yeah. Them away from things, and you don't want to touch them right afterwards if you've been using oh, them. To- oh, I see what you're saying. That is a very good point. The container. Yeah, you don't want the yeah. bed sheet or the paper to catch fire or anything like that. So just make sure you know yeah, be the light's not being too hot. But. Um, don't, but the don't point drink. is that you were making is to not let – don't let think – don't say, well, I would shoot that or I, I would do that, but I don't have that camera. I don't have that equipment. I don't have that lighting. I don't, you don't need all that. You can, you can come up with something that can be inexpensive. Hey, you don't and, need any of that stuff. 
right and, and do something that's that's really cool. I think something a, cool and that's the stuff that gets talked about you know is what he did look at these amazing photos that he took and and what what's can be cooler on top of that and he, and he took them with with a, a, a point and shoot camera at using tin foil oh, so, sure yeah you know uh, my friend Gala who uh, is on Flickr Gala Trail she's actually kind of a um, gardening author now but um, she used to do a lot of really highly experimental thing with just dirt cheap cameras because it was what she could afford at the time and I remember she like rigged up a way to do macro shots with a box camera and it involved like you take the thing apart you find a candle and then you use a magnifying glass and then you have to measure off what the distance is uh, you know because there's no control over the lens with those cameras and she found a way to take really cool macro shots with a box wow. camera that has no and viewfinder see, yeah and that's a cool story yeah it is not, not i uh not, not i took these with the top of the line hasselblad and the most expensive lighting in the world oh well okay. yeah that's oh. interesting <laughs> that camera takes great pictures with i mean we'd all love that stuff don't get me wrong if somebody wants to give me some oh but <laughs> If you want to donate a Hasselblad but to the cool club. story, like it's, it's that guy that shot for you know some some Vogue or whatever, and he, and he did use a um, a throwaway camera and some tin foil to shoot some modeling pics in the jungle and stuff. I sure. mean, that's a cool story. So, um, you know. Well, you work that. for your because shots, and what this does is it increases your value because, you know, I, th- I think any job in the world or every job in the world has kind of this level to where you're replaceable. And if they can replace you with a human, I mean, with a machine, they will. Um, but specifically with creative types of things like this, I mean, anybody can go out and get a Nikon D90 and start rocking it. Um, but not everybody can think. And that's what you, your value as a photographer is, whether you're doing it professionally or not. But that's the mm-hmm. value of what people are going to enjoy out of your work, not the camera. If it was the camera, then you could do it with one person. You know, Right, it's and good. it is your eye, and it is your skill, and it is how much time and de- devotion you've put into this. Because you can get a, a group of ten people all the same camera, and they're all going to come back with different results. Sure. Depending on, on how much time and, and, and devotion they've put into to photography, and then just their, their skill talent to begin with in, in their eye for for great lighting and composition and things like this so um it's it's not about that you know you can come back with horrible pictures with a good camera and you can come back with great pictures and vice versa with a cheap camera so you, you know that, uh, that just made me think this would make a cool you'd have to do it with Flickr or something because you need multiple people to do it but that would be a cool project too you have one camera that maybe it's a piece of junk and you line 10 people up, and each person shoots a roll of film on it or whatever, and then right. they send it to the next person. And then that's the project is a, is a um, you know, conglomeration between multiple photographers but, or a collaboration project. Or, um, that yes, could be cool. that is a cool idea, and nobody better steal that that's listening to this <laughs> podcast because right. we have it copyrighted because I just said the word copyright. Actually, I, that, I, would, I would argue that I think everyone should do that, and probably no one will. Ted, you're right. You're more about sharing than me, and we sh- you're right. <laughs> and I, well, you know, it's, but it's another idea that I just had is you let ten professionals shoot with a, a, a horrible piece of crap plastic camera, and then let's have ten people who aren't photographers shoot with the best camera we can give them. There you go, and, and of the same you know stuff, and then let's compare, and then let's go ahead and break that hole. I'm going to let you finance the expensive camera that we're going to send out. I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the cheap one if you'll go get the uh, the Nikon D3X. I think we may we'll have to. Yeah, we can't even rent that because somebody may break Dude, it. So I think the police are here. They are. Well, <laughs> I Ted, live next I, to a it was hospital. Nice you. All that stuff you smuggled back over from the UK that you told me about earlier. I guess. Uh, you know, I, I, I did I break the law. Call. I didn't realize it. I brought. You know, you're not supposed to bring seeds back. Right. 
This is but, an interesting story. It's complete aside. But they I, all smoke it over there, man. <laughs> I'm going to do a blog post on this. <laughs> they, I, I went to a Mexican restaurant. We didn't eat there, but a friend of mine, it's a place he likes, and and he said, oh, here, take a match pad. And I didn't look at it while I was there. And uh, the last night I came home, and I was like, what's this sticking out the side? It's this match pad. Okay, this is for a Mexican restaurant. I'm going to try and describe this since you can't see it, called Oaxaca is the name of the place. And it looks like a matchbook. And you open it up, and it's got cardboard uh, sticks for putting in a planter, and they've got uh, seeds for uh, growing your own chilies. <laughs> Grow your own Serrano chilies, and so you know you fill out that paperwork at the airport saying, "Yeah, I'm not bringing insects or plants into the country." And apparently, this was in my back pocket the whole time. Yeah, but. good thing it wasn't marijuana seeds. <laughs> they don't like that at the border. You'd so still th- be in customs. <laughs> well, they, they said when the vegetable sniffing dogs come around, and like, there's a vegetable <laughs> sniffing dog, the, the pepper plant sniffing dogs. <laughs> well, you know, they gave out uh, when we were landing. They gave out grapes on the airplane for one of the snacks, and one of them said, "In case you put those grapes in your bag, that does." classifies a felony bringing a plant Good into the country night. and they will fine you three thousand dollars for each grape you see these people oh like gosh, that back do not eat bands. grapes on an airplane uh, yeah do or not. you bring them well don't it, even they're in my stomach well they can find that and then find you three thousand dollars yeah isn't that smuggling <laughs> we are so far off topic people are people are stopping <laughs> podcasts left and right but let's get back on topic besides smuggling grapes into the into the states from the uk or, or you're you're continually talking about photo asking me if there was weed involved, you know. Um, <laughs> we'll just talk about yeah, that'll be a whole another podcast. It's like too. Grading into Cheech Smoking and Chong country. Um, but one thing that I wanted to say is that once you have uh, put a project together and you have shot for a while and you have some good a series of consistent pictures that are all together, um, some good ways to get that stuff out there in front of people is uh, to create a book like we talked about earlier or create multiple books that you could give to a few different people, one that you can keep for yourself for your own book. Uh, post the photos on your website in their own little link there or whatever or create another website that's just strictly for you know, project, yeah. that project, which can be very cool. Um, if you know somebody that can do that, or, you know, if you're someone like Ted who can, you know, create websites in a matter of two <laughs> seconds. Yeah, that's... Um, and then also, you know, to promote your stuff all over the place to, to galleries and magazines and things like that. So maybe yeah. you try to get some publicity and get your stuff uh, shown off. Yeah. Uh, and, and, if you, you know, if you get it in front of enough people's faces and it's good stuff, there's a good possibility that you know you could get a gallery show or exhibition and or you know some some of your stuff shown in a magazine and it could take off from there yeah you get a little incentive just see where it goes I and mean, that's the the important thing you know yeah definitely just, just and, take and, off and that's and stuff we both experimented with uh sending stuff in the magazines uh being sure. in being in shows um, and what it takes is just doing it. And like I said yeah. earlier, <laughs> that's a great idea, but nobody will do it. And I hope somebody does. But but uh, yeah. but you know, the, I think that's the hard part. Is a lot of times is just getting off your butt and doing it. Um, that fear kicks in. It's like, well, what if my stuff is terrible, or you know, what if I fail, or what if I didn't work, or whatever, you know. And right. and then and then you come up with these excuses, like, well, if I only had the seven thousand dollar Nikon rather than the four hundred dollar, I could sure do this. And right. <laughs> which is just, you know, don't let that stop you. It's an excuse. You know? Yeah, the fear or the la- just laziness. Like, yeah, I'd love to do that, but it sure is cool in this house. And my favorite show is about to come on television. Yeah, so we'll maybe see, I'll do uh, that next year. <laughs> well, while you're doing that, some other dude is going out and shooting that stuff. You and bet. Is going to promote it, and it's going to get some recognition, and his career is going to go somewhere. Um, so if you're not going to do it, someone is. 
And, sure. Uh, and if you don't know where to start, I mean, I'll use the the botanical. I love calling it that. It sounds so professional. But mm-hmm. uh, but when I was shooting flowers that year, you know, it was like, it, and I've thought about doing it again just because I miss it. It was a lot of fun. But I didn't know where to start with that. And so it's like, literally, I went to the grocery store and bought, like, some cheap daisies or something, brought them home, loaded up the camera, and just just look at them. Try to see, okay, what angle would this look best at? What is the light doing? And just start somewhere. Even right. if they're bad, just make yourself start. And if they're bad, you've learned, and the next one aren't going to be as bad, and eventually you get really good. And, and after a year's time, you had, like, how many uh, in your series? I probably. don't know, a lot, yeah. Yeah, 20 or 30 photos that you I really I mean, bought. I did a blur book, so it was enough for, for an entire book, and I think I yeah. had leftovers, you know. Yeah. And they, they led to other things. I mean, I was starting to do tabletop kind of still life things, and they weren't all plants necessarily. I got this thing for eggs at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Which, no, I really did. And because, you know, it's a bigger discussion, but like zone system stuff with Ansel Adams, I was trying to do this real high keyed th- thing where you blow out black and white film, right. and it doesn't blow out like digital does. Like you can still, like digital just slams to white, and what mm-hmm. you can do is kind of fade these like really beautiful shades of really light grays in there so you know eggs being white you shoot them against a white background so i did did this whole egg series at one point um as an experiment that's kind of cool and something you could take further like you know eggs uh, hard-boiled eggs you could have scrambled eggs you could have <laughs> eggs over easy you could have eggs all on all different kinds of plate i mean there's a ton of different ways you can do some eggs you know what was great is like when you were saying that skype was was burping and you know the scrambled eggs was scrambled skype i think at that point <laughs> Although this is one of our better Skype days, I've got to say. Good, I hope so. The audio has been up and down on our show for oh, sure, man. and I hope that this time I'm either like screaming because the, I'm turned way up, or I'm cutting out, or there's a fan like it sounds like I'm in some kind of tornado or blizzard. Well, and then That's Ted always just sounds perfect. I almost feel like it's like sabotage. It is. <laughs> I do this intentionally. You can't look better than me on here. That, that Ted man. has some kind of keyboard with all kinds of instruments. As I say things or whatever, he's like hitting a button. Yeah, this this will distort him like, further. <laughs> you know, actually, that comes back around to what we're saying. Is it's like we're not letting the equipment or our bad technique hold us back from doing this podcast. We're just going to keep doing it until we figure it out. You know, we're just going to keep doing a bad podcast. And well, that's all. and it, there's another thing is people are listening because they find the information valuable, not because they care. You know, two shits about what we're recording with. Right, and know? we're trying to. We're every week we're getting a little bit better, and it's the same thing with photography. You keep tweaking, and hopefully, this show. It sounds better than the last one. Yeah, you uh, figure it out. You but know. we keep, yeah, you, you just start figuring out things. But you just you just move forward. You, you find out when you just start going that things start falling into place, and you'll start making mistakes, and you'll you'll start learning and things like this. But you just have to start moving. Yep. Yeah. And, and one day you, you'll working. have the seven grand for the D three X, and and you'll be good. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but one other thing that I thought, you know, after we've talked about how, to, how you can kind of move forward with this, but just some ideas that we could throw out there sure. of some cool personal projects. Now, you can make a list of your own, and you can go to the bookstore and kind of just do a brainstorm on, on, on some stuff you'd like to shoot or something that's around your area that you think is, is cool or whatever. But um, – some of the stuff that I like to shoot around here that I'm just going to throw out there uh, that I started even in the beginning when I just started shooting with film and stuff was like urban and rural decay and, uh, and, and, and retro signs and buildings and cars and, and things like that. I love going on road trips and shooting things uh, like old beat down buildings or homes, um, old signs. Uh, old cars, anything like this kind of catches my eye and, and for some reason strikes 
uh, a good nerve with me because um, it's just something from the past that's that's fading away. And I, and I know a lot of people like this kind of stuff, but I think that's one cool direction um, totally. that you can go. And you can almost do that no matter where you live, whether you live in a small town or a big city. In fact, it's probably easier in small towns than it is big cities sometimes. Oh, it really is. Because, that, yeah, that's why we take these road trips. Like like when we went to West Texas, uh, just everywhere you looked, there was, there was something that was eye-catching. Um, Did you go to Tokyo? <laughs> Japan? Tokyo. To- no, no, Tokyo, Texas. It's on the way to New Mexico. On the other side of Lubbock. It's uh, population five, and it, it's quaint. <laughs> It's like yeah, some got, shops we've got, with. We've got Paris, Texas. We have New London, Texas. No, I mean, it's all here. It's international, baby. It is, and yeah, and then and then the same friend and I went to uh, Caddo Lake here in Texas, which is the total opposite direction. Uh, Texas just has about every single kind of you know landscape you could possibly think of if you just head in different directions. But Caddo Lake is a swamp, and then the whole town is just old, beat up tin buildings and old, you know just moss trees and and. Oh, and you talking about Marshall? Yeah, Marshall. Marshall's a cool town, man. Yeah, and and so um, just even going to a different place can can be inspiring. And you, if you shoot there all weekend, you can almost get enough pictures sometimes to make a cool project. Or if you go back a few times to to come up with a project, just to go into a certain place enough times, you know. Yeah, it's just over over. you know you got to try stuff, you know. Right. So I, I know besides the botanical stuff that you shot, you also get out and shoot a lot of night stuff and architecture and what it, you know. Stuff yeah, like that. I haven't as much lately, but I have the, kind of this project. And somebody can steal this if they like, but uh, I kind of have this. Well, it's not really a project specific, but one thing it's like I hate to keep talking about my awesome England trip, but I will. Uh, we decided uh, towards the end of the trip to go out to Bath, which is in Somerset, which is kind of west. UK, mm-hmm. uh, about a two and a half hour train ride if they're running, um, <laughs> or, or if they're not. <laughs> yeah, we got stuck. But uh, anyway, but uh, I'd been to Bath once before uh, about ten years ago, and Bath is this weird little town. It's where the Roman Bath Spa is, where these Romans would take baths in these public places, and and so the ruins of that are there. There's Bath Abbey, and and the downtown, the city center of it is kind of, and I don't want to insult anybody because I know I have a couple uh, listeners that are in Bath, but there is kind of a cheesy tourist vibe to it a little bit but it is such a beautiful town and we decided to go and by the time we found a train that was actually going to get out there uh, we realized that we were going to miss the uh, you know a lot of those things being open like the Roman baths so we decided mm-hmm. just to go anyway and what we did it's a beautiful city with this uh, you know really old architecture and this heavy stone look to it and these beautiful fields and hills and so literally all we did is we went out there got off the train uh, we did see Bath Abbey that was still open and it's this awesome church that was closed the last time I was there for a renovation and then we just went for a walk just just went out and did it and so we're kind of I'm coming back around to something I'm not just spinning yarn here but you know <laughs> we're, you know we went what for, else did you do on your vacation? Well, let's see. And then we went to the shop, and I bought some postcards for my friends. And, uh, so, you know, so we walked, just just shot stuff. And the whole time I was sitting there thinking, you know, and we only had a few hours, and we were going to eat dinner, and we had to get on train to go go back. But I was sitting there thinking, you know, with the technology that you have now, with Google Maps and Street View and Flickr and all these ways you can search images – and I was sitting there thinking, wouldn't it be awesome? And th- th- this I won't do because it's way too much work and somebody should. But here's an iPhone app for you, a travel app for photographers. And it may already exist. But you could lock into the Flickr database or the Google database and be able to bookmark images for your trip. So when you are out there, you could like pull it up and say, okay, here's this, this. Oh, let's find this because I want to shoot whatever this view is. There's a castle up on that hill or an abbey or something like you know. Right. And so anyway, so using those tools to kind of um, – 
you know get the most out of your trip it's it's hard to just explore sometimes um but if you can use kind of a lot of these these i mean google images it's just you know record images of what streets look like but you can kind of use that to position and find a great vantage point or something like that yeah so. and i think people uh, technology is coming around to that i know that that Flickr, you know you can you can post where you've taken pictures and then if you just go to like the the Flickr map there uh, you can almost go to any location in any city or anywhere and see uh, a set of pictures that people have taken in that area yep. and google maps and yahoo maps and stuff are, are starting to do this same thing um with people uh, yahoo being a part of Flickr is doing that with the Flickr photos of locations all over the world and google i think is doing that as well i'll, so I'll the, give you a scenario for that actually that i did use mm-hmm. that in uh about two years ago i went to the south by southwest and i just went down there i didn't go to the conference that year i just went down to see some friends in fact one of my friends that was there uh was gala i was talking about earlier did the macros with the box camera machine her uh-huh. husband were there and he's a really good photographer too and we were there and heather champ was there too who she's no longer with Flickr, but she was one of the customer relations people with them for a long time she's real sweet right. and we were at lunch and we wanted to find something to shoot we'd kind of been mulling around austin and there really wasn't anything that was just you know wow this is awesome so you know of course she worked for Flickr at the time and so we just pulled up Flickr on the iPhone and started searching most interesting photos in the Austin Texas area and we came up with Hamilton Pool oh yeah about a 20 minute drive but we wouldn't have thought of that uh, just you know our minds weren't in that direction and I didn't know about it at the time so we ended up shooting it was a great trip out there a lot of wilderness and and awesomeness you know right it's like this uh, this cave almost that's been dug out by the water in the pool that sits in the bottom of it so yeah, it's uh, like a natural spring, and it, depending on the bacteria levels, you could swim in it. Um, they were high when we were there, and it, you know, didn't smell. Yeah, very that kind of makes for some of the coolness of that area too. The sure, green moss and all these kind of things. It's just an amazing place. But yeah, the hill country in general. Well, is, and that's an example. Like you don't have some people. I know, think that, oh, well, I need to start traveling the world to see some things, and, and that's going to be make me a better photographer. Sometimes it's just like, look in your area, find something you haven't discovered yet. There's weird stuff everywhere, you know? Yeah. And Even by if weird, where you weird, 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 cool. That can be very cool. Find a way um, to photograph it, you know? I, I love simple uh, photos of, of just everyday things. I mean, that's sure. something that I really dig a lot. And most of the time, they'd probably be ugly to a lot of people that like pictures of rainbows and, and kitty cats and, and stuff like that or whatever. But um, I love just, you know, uh, the, the side of a building that's all beaten up with a trash can and a, you know, piece of newspaper laying in the street or something. That sure. can, to me to, can be something that, that's really unique and beautiful or whatever. And that may sound weird, but I know a lot of people agree with me on uh, or have that same eye for Yeah, things. no, I agree. There, in fact, there was uh, at one point, I think it's still there, but uh, there was a group on Flickr called Take a Seat. And it was mm-hmm. just basically inviting people to submit photos of abandoned chairs. You know, I curve. love empty seats. That's, Absolutely. And that's a great project. And I know a lot of people do that one, but that is, you'll see, I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but that'd make a great personal project, even if somebody's already done as a group, project. you know? Yeah. And that's, I kind of collect those as I see them, as I go. I haven't, like, you know, been determined to you know go out every day and try to find that but as i see cool empty chairs that's something that i like to shoot because yeah. i probably i probably came across it on Flickr or something like that but um yeah that that's a cool idea and um you know you can just go with any inanimate object like a chair you could do toasters i love toasters <laughs> <laughs> but our radios or or clocks or whatever Trash or, it's, you it's know. a series um of, of all different kinds and it's very cool i've seen people do truck stops you know, and make sure. like a whole book out of it. Hotels, 
um, old motels, things like that, uh, just roadside stuff that can be very cool. Yeah, there's some really pretty stuff. If you, but again, think through it. You know, how could I do yeah. this differently? Is there something I'm missing? An example: when we did the meetup in the UK, uh, the exhibition that's at Tate Modern right now is a photography exhibition called uh, um, Exposed uh, Surveillance. Yeah, that, was, and, that was very cool. Yeah, it, it was awesome. But you know, when you're dealing with surveillance and kind of this voyeuristic, uh, you know, kind of viewpoint, it's amazing the the you know the wide range of styles that that the exhibition encompasses. So, like seeing museum exhibitions can help with this too. Another exhibition we saw we were there was the uh, Edward Moybridge, who you know did all the early stop motion. Uh, he found ways to rig up cameras so you know you could see how a horse runs and things oh, like right. that. So they're all mm-hmm. series, and actually kind of led to what became motion pictures later. Yeah. Um, which yeah, yeah. He, he would put them together finally and start. It's like a flip book. Oh, yeah. And that guy yeah. was so ahead of his time. It, it's just like ridiculous. Um, I, there's a lot of other stuff in the exhibition I didn't know he did. I, I know him for the stop motion stuff, but uh, there was a whole series of, of uh, landscapes that he'd done in Yosemite Park, which this was years before Ansel Adams became well known for that. Uh-huh. And at the time, I mean, he was dealing with wet plate. You got to develop and do your emulsion in the field. I mean, that's hard stuff to do. He had a view camera, so he's basically making contact prints. But the negative was like 22 inches by 17 inches. There was gigantic plates. Yeah, um, you know, just beautiful stuff. But uh, but get out and see things. Sometimes that sparks your imagination too. Yeah. See, these guys had it tough. Yeah. And they went out and made great images all the time. Uh, there's no excuse. They would laugh nowadays about how easy we have it oh to my go gosh. out and take to take images and that we whine and complain about the difficulties we have with this or that or whatever. But for him to get a single, a certain, just a image was just, you know, an all day thing. Can you imagine trying to explain the future to these people? It's like, you'll have, you'll have a filmless camera that that is in your pocket that you can make a phone call with. What's a phone call? (laughs) You can talk to people. Oh man, this guy doesn't understand anything. And you push a button and it goes through the air onto this thing where other people can get it out of the air and onto their computers and and it's run by aliens. Yeah. <laughs> or a hamster, one of the two. <laughs> anyway, well, that's... that's. Uh, I, I hope we've given people advice today on that. I think that's it in a nutshell. In a, or a large nutshell. But uh, <laughs> I'm, You know, it's funny because it's already got me thinking about it. I, I, I'm kind of at a point where I'm looking for a new project. and I'm heading out right after this. I'm, I'm leaving now. You're going to have to or do the picks of the week. Or I might football. Oh, yeah. Or I might sit on the couch. <laughs> I might take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, picks of the week. You got one this week? Yes, I do. And mine revolves exactly around what we're talking about. It's called Photo Projects. It's a book cool. that I bought about a year ago. Um, Photo Projects. And the author is Chris Dickey. Um, and it's uh, the tag here is Plan and Publish Your Photography in Print and on the Internet. And it kind of uh, it starts off with – it's not a book that just giving you ideas throughout. It wants you to come up with your own ideas. But it, it's, it's, it's going through some of these points that I was talking about earlier of telling a story, selecting a subject that interests you, choosing a style and being consistent, setting a plan of action and sticking with it. All of these things. It kind of goes through and it does different chapters on these. And then it, at the end, it, it gets – it you know goes about how to put together a book, how to get together an, ex- cool. an ex- exhibition, or how how to you know get your stuff out to magazines and things like this. So it goes through the whole process of what we just talked about, and um, was you know kind of a reason that we even got to this this point today, wanting to talk about this because when I read this over a year ago, I had already been doing personal projects, but it was an inspiration to me, gave me some more ideas, and even you know taught me how to get my stuff out there a, a little bit more, which led to what I was talking about earlier with with Texas Highways and even some other magazines. Magazines that you know uh, that I pursue these days. Uh, that's awesome. Kind of comes from personal projects. You got to start somewhere. So 
Very yeah. cool. You know, yeah. it's cool because like there's enough how-to books out there yeah. that just regurgitate the same basic three principles of shutter speed, aperture, and and uh, ISO. <laughs> you know, sure. And how many and more can you do? That person who's trying to learn that, but this puts a different spin on. Well, it's just refreshing to see books yeah. coming out that like okay, going way beyond that. You know. Yeah. Here's how you really get images and, and get results. That's awesome. Kind of like this podcast. Uh, way yeah. beyond. I've got two picks of the week this week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we go way beyond. We give you your money's worth here. We're going Sorry, for that five-star show's number seven for that guy. That poor guy's probably listening. He's getting singled out. Uh, I've got two picks of the week because they're, uh, well, I just have two. And I'm going to use two. So um, the first you, one. You always have to one-up me, Ted. Yeah, I do. Just go ahead and ruin my well, audio. Okay. Actually, there's three picks. Oh, no. <laughs> there are. And one of them, I don't know if it exists yet. But these all relate to this awesome trip I just came from. Uh, the first is, if you're in the UK, go to Tate Britain and see the Edward Moybridge exhibit that we've just been talking about. Um, it will blow your mind. Uh, he did like hundreds of, you know, after he did the horse, and I don't know if people know the story, but but the theory was at the time, people suspect, this is kind of like the, the planet revolve around the sun kind of thing, but people suspected that there was a point when horses run that all four legs are above the ground. And that was the impetus for this experiment that led to this massive work that Moybridge did. And so what he did is he, he um, oh, I can't remember how many it is offhand, like 12 cameras. He, and, and then he used a series of wires to trip the shutters, and the horse would hit the wires and they'd force the camera to take a picture. So he basically was able to stop time and prove that indeed the horse lifted all four legs, which led to these uh, uh, huge mass of, um, of other experimentations with animals. And I mean, there, some of them are really, really cool. Like there's some birds that, that, you know, and I don't know how he did those. There's a lot to it that will blow your mind on with the technical restraints at the time, how ahead of this guy he was of his time. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, so anyway, uh, if you are not in the UK, I would recommend get on amazon.com and I'll find a link for the, um, uh, for, uh, for the book, but, uh, get the, get the, get the catalog from this exhibition. Cause it's a great yeah, cool. Moybridge compilation. Um, so that's the first one. Second one. And this is, this, this, may or may not exist but the tate um and i learned this when we did the conference but uh, they are designing an app for your iphone that will i assume be free called the moibridgeizer uh which is basically <laughs> going to take this principle of stop motion and apply it to the iphone I, it's not available yet um but we'll put a link if and when it does become available Wow, that sounds great. So, yeah, so that's the second. And the third, um, a little aside, and I'm trying to get my head around this, and there was another thread on Flickr recently about this, uh, but the new iPhone iOS update uh, now includes built-in HDR photography for the camera. And, of course, oh, cool. this is free. Uh, and it's weird how it works. It's just some basic tone mapping. So, And this is what I'm trying to get my head around is I'm not a big HDR guy, and right. mainly I've just been repulsed by the way it looks. Um, you see people, especially on Flickr, that, that like really try to push the effect that you get. I understand what it's going for, which is basically trying to get a higher dynamic range than what the camera's uh, just on its own able to do. So you make, and that idea in itself is cool. Yeah, it is cool, and I like that. But And I, and I have the feeling, like I said, I'm trying to get my head around, I have the feeling that the best HDR stuff is the stuff that you don't realize is HDR. Because right. the bad effects that come with it are these bubblegum-looking colors, um, no contrast in the image at all, and, and a haloing effect. Where things start to kind of blur out, right. which really bothers me to look Everything's at. Everything's glowing. 
and if you like this stuff, I'm not trying to insult everybody, but it's it's just I mean I'm not into it. So, but anyway, the iPhone it's very mild how it applies it, and it actually does give you a lower contrast and some more dynamic range into it. And I'm not sure how it's doing it. I guess it's just you push the button once and it blasts three shots real quickly. But I've tried moving it, trying to get it to mess it up, and I haven't been able to do it. So I don't know what Apple's doing in there. But that is a free update if you have um, if you have the uh, iOS four. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So those are my three uh, yeah, picks. because I've seen I've seen HDR pulled off in some really cool ways in CA and yes. some other uh, professional magazines um, with expe- even like portraits and things where you're getting the, the range of, of, of contrast there um, from shadows to highlights that is just kind of mind blowing in in the way that they're doing it. But yeah, sometimes when when you, you see these landscapes and things and everything just looks oh. like it's just a day glow and it's you know everything's just glowing on fire and bright vivid it, it's, it's like if bozo the clown dropped a bunch of acid then then like swallowed <laughs> chewing gum and barfed it up i mean all and obviously that is for someone clowns that somebody take acid that. love that stuff but yeah and and mind you because uh, i don't want hate mail on this these are these are oh. simply my opinions hdr can be done well and i'm trying to get my head wrapped around that concept is okay well then what is this for and how can it and my theory is is that the better hdr that you see is is where you're not noticing those effects and you don't know obviously that it is hdr you know yeah definitely so anyway but anyway so cool, cool. man those are those are some good ones we got some good picks this week yeah and now i won't have any for weeks because i've burnt them all because <laughs> you did three in a row <laughs> did three today <laughs> one may or may excited. not exist but uh, <laughs> but the well, cool, i think uh, i think it's been a good show i think so too and uh thank you for listening <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to get more than three stars from that guy now <laughs> yeah, i hope <laughs> <laughs>